Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Assistant Pastor Tim Rogers. Are y'all ready for the word? Amen. Amen. All right. So before I go into that, I just want to tell you, Apostle Pastor Langston, their love, as always. Amen. And uh, that we miss them. But we're holding down the fort this morning. Amen. All right. All right. So if you want to go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to read verse 33. And then put your finger there. And then turn over to James. Make sure I got the right. Chapter 2. Make sure I got the right scripture written here. Yes, James chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse 16 there. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pray first, and then we're going to read the scriptures. Amen? Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, we honor you, Lord, this morning, Father, Lord. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for being in our midst this morning, Lord. We ask, Father, Lord, that you would... Talk to our hearts, Lord, this morning, Lord. Lord, draw us closer to you, Lord, as we draw nigh to you as well, Father, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord, that we have an attitude, Father, Lord, that we will continue to run after you, Father, Lord. Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to reveal to us through your word this morning, Father, Lord. Lord, and we don't take it for granted, Father, Lord, that we're in this place at this time, at this moment. We glorify you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 reads, For God is not the author of confusion. Hmm. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Amen? Very familiar scripture. <laughs> Amen. Over to James chapter 2, uh, verse 16. Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled, but you do not give the things which are needed for the body. What does it what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself does not have words is dead. Amen. So this morning we're going to talk from the subject matter from chaos to peace. From chaos to peace. Amen. All right, so chaos. When we think about chaos, we see so much of it this time in the world. Everything's going on. Things are changing so rapidly. And kind of the downside of that is is that chaos is here whether we really want it or not. It's not biased. doesn't matter if you're black, white, rich, poor. doesn't matter. At some levels, we're... We get to experience chaos, whether it's from a national standpoint or from a city or from a school or from our own communities. Things are always happening around us, right? So what do we do when we see that, though? But when it gets really personal is when you have personal chaos. Hmm. Things in your life just aren't going right. Things come up unexpectedly. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? So we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. 
So when we talk about that God is not the author of confusion, I love when the Holy Ghost puts things together for you. So I didn't know this before I did it, but um, I'm going to give you the definition of chaos, and you'll see how it ties into the scriptures we just read. So the definition of chaos is complete confusion and disorder. Complete confusion and disorder. So we just read that God is not the author of confusion, right? So that means he's not the author of chaos either. Amen? But that doesn't change the fact that we might experience some of it. All right? So now we get a lot of examples in the word of God about chaos and things happening. I mean, let's take Joseph, right? Went to the pit, to the potter's house, to the prison. All of that before he even got to the palace, right? That's a bunch of chaos. Hmm. How about Paul? He was killing Christians and then ended up being a martyr for Christ. What an awesome change our God did in his life. But in that, though, he, there was a lot of chaos. He was beaten. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a snake. I mean, it goes on and on and on. A bunch of chaos. A bunch of chaos. So we can see from the word of God that people in the word dealt with the same type of chaos that we deal with. Now the question is, how did they get through it? So that's the important part, right? That's what we can take from this, right? So when we think about it, chaos can be a couple different things, right? It can be a product of just the world, things that are happening. You know, we can't do a whole lot about it, but there are things that just happen because of the product of us being here. Amen? Then there may be chaos from us being a witness for Christ. We, we might get some of that. You know, we, we run into some opposition about us being faithful to the name of Jesus Christ. We might get that. But the third area might be the one that we should focus on the most. And sometimes chaos is just a product of us. Right? When I think about some of the things that I've dealt with, right, I had to go back and look. Was that really chaos out there, or was it because I created that, car, uh, that chaos myself, right? So how did I do that, though? I did that through my decisions, mm-hmm. my mindset, mm-hmm, and my behaviors. <laughs> so if I thought one way and I reacted that way, then I may have created some uh, chaos in my life. If I felt one way and then I reacted and my behavior followed that, then that chaos is on me, right? And it could be something simple, something simple. Something simple as, you know, I really shouldn't buy that chair. You know, I don't, (laughs) you know, payday is another week and a half away. I'm a little tight, but I really love that chair. Right now, I'm making light of it because I just want to give you an example. But in reality, we we can fall into that trap sometimes where we see something we may want. We we might react to someone else's, you know, attitude towards us. And then we go right into it with full steps. And then the next week, we're like, why is all this happening? 
Why am I dealing with all of this? Well, because it was something that we may have done. Amen? Okay. All right, so now as we think about this, I want to talk about Proverbs 23 and 7. God has had me on this for the last couple of weeks. Can't get off of it. It reads, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. All right? Now, I'm going to tell you what stuck out to me in this scripture. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So when I think about my heart, I think of an emotion or a feeling. Notice the scripture did not say how a man feels in his heart, so is he. Not how he feels, how he thinks. So that makes me kind of believe that how I think has a great reaction on how I feel. I don't know. You kind of have to think about it for a little bit because I did the same thing, right? When you feel something, it starts with a thought. When you get mad, the thought is, I'm mad. Your heart says, yeah, you should be mad. (laughs) And then you react. Or, I'm happy. That thought, that really was great. I think it, I feel it, then I behave. Right? So when we think about this, as a man thinks in his heart, it is about our mind, saints. Which is why God is always talking about renewing our mind. It's about how we think. Because the product of how we think is how our our heart feels. And as how we feel, that's how we behave. So God is saying, I want you to behave like me. So you got to start thinking like me first. Does that make sense? We go from thinking to feeling to reacting. Amen? All right, so as we think about this chaos that is in our lives and in this world, what do we do to initiate and make sure that we don't have a negative reaction to the chaos that may be around us? Because we do understand that our God is a great big God, right? So even though we're in chaos, we don't necessarily have to have a direct effect from the chaos. Right? So what? God's peace is a buffer for us. So even though we might be in the chaos all around us, his buffer comes up and says, yeah, but you're my child. All right? But to experience that, we have to initiate some right thinking and some right actions. So this morning, we're going to talk about four key safeguards to continue to walk in faith and peace in chaos. All right? Y'all ready for this? All right. So we're going to go through the word a little bit today. So get your fingers ready or your iPads or phones ready to go. All right? So let's talk about this. Let's go over to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. All right, and we're going to read verse 36 through 39. And I'm going to go ahead and, and begin reading as you're turning. Now, when they had left the multitude, so it's talking about Jesus and the disciples, they took him along in a boat as he was. And as all the other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the, and the waves beat 
into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Amen. So very familiar set of scriptures here, right? So this is Jesus. He's on this boat with his disciples, right? He says to them, they're going to the other side. So that's like us. God says, you're going to end up at this point, right? As they get into this boat, this storm comes up. There's the chaos, right? So here, the first thing we have to recognize is, is that Jesus is in the boat with them. So God is saying, even in the midst of our chaos, he's there. All right? We got to make sure we see that. All right? But as we continue to think about this a little bit, Jesus rebukes the wind, says, peace, be still. All right? So the first safeguard to take when we're in chaos is understand that the chaos can't stop you. Understand that the chaos can't stop you. Now, I do need to put a small caveat in that. If you stay with God. Okay? Now, let's take this boat example for a moment here. Let's say the disciples decided to jump out of the boat. So they just bail. So when everything gets aroused in our lives, do we sometimes just bail? Now we don't have any insurance, whether we're a strong swimmer or not. There is no guarantee that we're going to end up where we're supposed to end up. So we can't bail in this situation. Also, we can't put God out of the boat either. Right? So what does that look like? Well, you know, stuff's just not going real good for me right now. You know, I'm, I'm just going to stop praying. You know, God, I'm, I'm really getting kind of sick of this. When is this going to go away? You stop worshiping. Right? So that's the equivalent of you putting God out of the boat. You're still in it, but you say you don't, uh, God, right now I'm, I'm just going through too much. I don't have time for you. We don't have time for you, God. So when we understand this, we need to make sure that we understand that the chaos cannot stop us. But we have to stay with God. There are so many other things that can be taking our attention and we can get unfocused. And sometimes we inadvertently do something that's actually harming us. You know, we might feel like, man, we shouldn't be praying, but in the long run, that's not helping us. That's ultimately hurting us, right? But if we understand that the chaos can't stop us with God, that should propel us to amp our relationship up. So we have to see it as, God, this is a relationship builder between me and you. So even though I'm in this chaos, I understand that your peace can be a buffer for me as long as I stay with you. And I put you first. Amen? All right. Safeguard number one. Understand that the chaos cannot stop you when you're with God. 
when you are with God. Amen. Y'all ready for number two? All right, all right, all right. Safeguard number two, let's turn to Daniel, chapter one. Daniel, chapter one. Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 6 and 7. All right. So now, from among these sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah and uh, Abednego. Abednego. Amen. So let me, let me give you the kind of the backdrop of what's going on here. So this is when Judah is under the rule of the Babylonians, right? So we have Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. And basically what's happening is, is that King Nebuchadnezzar wants to bring some children over so that they can learn the customs of the Babylonians, okay? So he goes out and he finds the Hebrew boys and Daniel. And he's looking for a specific person. A specific type of person. He wants children that are good looking. He wants children that are, have wisdom. And he wants people that can actually learn very quickly. All right, so you're getting the picture here? So Judah's under the rule of Babylonian, right? They want to have their customs migrated over to Judah, right? So they basically want them to start serving the true and living God. It's basically what's happening. So they pick some people out and say, let's come on. Come on over here and learn this. All right? So in the midst of chaos, our safeguard number two is, is don't lose our identity in God. Don't lose our identity in God. All right? So in the scriptures that we just read, we just read that they tried to change the three Hebrew brains' names. They gave them new Babylonian names. Now, the question is, is that when we're in chaos and names are coming forth, are we accepting that identity? Are we accepting it, right? You know, maybe we get some counsel and maybe someone says, you know what, you can't, you, you can't do that. Right? You're a failure. So now, what happens, though, if you start to believe that? You just took on that identity. Right? Things are always going to be coming talking to you. The question is, is that, are you believing it? Now, this goes back to, what is God calling us, though? <laughs> Even in our chaos, our identity in him doesn't change. He doesn't remove that identity. The only problem is, is if we remove it. If we decide to accept a different identity. Right? Because we're what? We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? We're more than conquerors, right? We're the head, not the tail, right? We are healed. We are blessed, right? Those are the identities that God has given us. But what happens sometimes in chaos is we might start to exchange a couple of those because we don't feel like that's who we are. And because we don't feel like it, now we go back to the beginning, then we start acting like that. Right? So we lose our identity. Now, one of the things that's awesome, Brother Alvin has been teaching our children in the back, right? 
And one Sunday after service, he came out, he asked one of the children, he says, are you a conqueror? And at first, you're kind of like, what, what kind of question is that? And the child said, no, I'm more than a conqueror. All right? So now the children are learning who their identity is, who they are in Jesus. They're not just conquerors. They're more than that. Right? So the same thing to us. When something comes up and they ask who we are, do we say more than conquerors? Do we say that? Sometimes it's not the first thing that's going to come out of our mouths. Right? And that's okay, too. But at some point, we got to understand, hold up, hold up, hold up. This, this ain't who I am. We got to start thinking the right way. What does God say about this? Who does God say I am? Amen? Amen. So safeguard number two when you're in chaos is, is that you don't take on, don't lose your identity in God. Don't lose your identity in God. Amen? All right, y'all ready for number three? Well, we're still rolling now. We're going to go into words more. Judges, chapter 14. Y'all all right out there? All right, all right. Judges, chapter 14. All right. Um, and then we're going to read verses... Uh, Let's start at verse 5, actually. So Samson went down to Tenemah with his father and mother and came to a vineyard off of Tenemah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would tore apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman and said and she pleased Samson well after some time when he returned to get her he turned aside to see the, the carcass of the lion and behold a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of a lion he took some of it in his hands and went along eating when he came to his father and mother he gave them some too and they also ate amen all right so again let me let me set the stage a little bit here Samson is uh <laughs> looking for looking for a woman, right? So he travels a little bit to find this woman. And on his travels, he, he meets her, and then he goes back home. Now, when he comes back to get them, get her, excuse me, he sees the lion carcass that he killed on his first trip. Okay, does this make sense, everybody, what's going on? In that carcass was bees and honey, bees and honey. Now, he took that and ate some. All right? Now, the question is, well, what's kind of really going on here? All right? So, safeguard. Number three. Don't find comfort in something that is dead. Don't find comfort in something that is dead. All right? So, you got to see the metaphor here that God is painting for us. You've got a dead animal with something sweet in the inside of it, right? So how does that translate to us? Well, you get saved. Everything's great. Hallelujah, Jesus, right? 
you're struggling in some areas, and God delivers you from them. But then when the chaos comes, you start to lean back in those areas. Right? So that area really should be dead to you because you're delivered from it. But instead, you still see a little bit of comfort in there, so you go back to it. Because it's sweet to you. Well, why is it sweet to you? Because it's familiar to you. Right? And that should be a dead place. So when you used to smoke, when you were stressed, God delivered you. You get stressed again real bad. You go back. Right? We can't find comfort in dead places, saints. Can't do that. God says, I've delivered you from that. You shouldn't even go on back there. If you need that peace and comfort, you got to come to me. Not back to something that is old and dead to you. Old and dead. It reminds me of like times when you used to hear on movies sometimes where kids go off to college. They come back home. You know, they stressed out the grades. The professor's getting on their nerves. Got all these long papers, right? And they come home and they say, Mom, all I want is a home-cooked meal. It's like a comfort to them. They find peace in it. The problem is, is that when God delivers us from an area, we can't substitute that comfort after our deliverance. We can't go back to it, saints. And it's easy to do. It really is. Again, the thought comes, you start feeling, yeah, I do need a little bit of comfort. Look at all this stuff that's going on. God, it's okay. I can just have one drink. God says, Holy Ghost says, no, you shouldn't do that. Right? Relationship that went bad. God says, stay away from that. You get stressed, your fingers start to dialing, Holy Ghost says, don't do that. Right? Trying to make it real here. It happens a lot more than we want to admit it does. Even me. Because it doesn't matter what it is. It could just be the smallest of things. It could be just a rage of anger in a split moment. Again, so it, there is no magnitude on what this can be. It's whatever God has personally delivered you from. But when we feel that chaos, our flesh starts rising and saying, you need some comfort. And you need it now. And your mind starts rolodexing. What do I think I can get away with? God, you won't be too upset if I do that, right? Yeah. Now, whether you want to admit it, you had that real quick talk, and then you act like you don't hear nothing. <laughs> I ain't hear nothing, God. Right? Don't try to get comfort out of a dead place, saints. God has given us everything that we need. He has given us the peace that we need. He's given us the comfort that we need. 
And I want to stress this. This does not mean that the chaos is stopping. I am not indicating that. I'm just saying that even within your chaos, if we stick close to God, we can make it to the end. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready for the fourth one? Last one? All right. Let's go down to Genesis. Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32, we're going to read verses 26 through 28. Uh, actually, let's, let's, let's go up to verse 23. All right. And it reads, he took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. All right, so he's alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched him in the socket of his hip. And the, hip, the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. He said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Amen? All right, so what's going on here is Jacob's by himself. He sent his wives and his kids and everybody over, right? And this is right before he's getting ready to meet Esau again, okay? So if you remember when everything went down with the birthright with their father, Esau said, I'm going to kill you, right? So his mama, Rebecca, tells her, you you need to get out of here. Your brother's hot. He's about to take you out. Okay, so he leaves. This is the first opportunity where he's getting ready to meet him again. And this situation is happening, right? So there's a lot of chaos he's getting ready to run into, and he knows it. He's been kind of planning, what am I going to say to my brother? So he doesn't, hopefully his anger won't rise again, right? So Jacob's kind of pondering this, right? Then he meets and wrestles with this man in his socket. So our fourth safeguard is don't struggle with God when he wants to change something in your life. Don't struggle with God when he tries to change something in your life. All right? So a lot of times when we're in that chaos, we don't want to be bothered with nothing. We're just trying to get out. Right, But this might be the prime opportunity that God uses to show you something in you. And he might come to you and say, you know what, I need you to work on this area. Right? And I know I've had instances where I was like, God, I mean, out of everything, that, that's what you want me to focus on? Do you see all of this going on around me? Right? Very kind of goofy question, right? I mean, I, obviously we understand he does see, Right? But at that moment, he wants me to focus on X. But my initial response to it is, is like, no, nah, I don't want to be bothered with that, God. I mean, you got to help me out here. Now, the part that I may be, I'm missing here is, is that what God is trying to change in me is going to allow me to get through it. So what happens, though, if I become stubborn to it? Then I may end up in that chaos a little longer than I needed to be. 
All right, so it's very easy to say that, oh, God, is, if you just tell me, I'll do it. I don't know that every time God told me to do something, I raised my hand and immediately did it. And that was during times that were good. We're not even talking about a time that may be bad. Things are going on in my life, right? Job tripping, right? Layoffs just hit or you hear them coming. You're wondering if you're on the line, right? Things like this happen all the time, right? But God might use that instance to speak to you about a specific area. So the question is, is that are we going to yield to his leading? Are we going to yield to his leading? Amen. Don't be stubborn to what God wants to change in your life. Everything that he wants to do is a benefit for us. It truly is, saints. And because we're going to be experiencing chaos no matter where we are, we might as well just go ahead said, God, take me. Amen? So our four safeguards, right? What are they? Yes, the chaos can't stop you if you stay with God. Don't lose your identity in God. Don't find comfort in something that is dead. And don't struggle with God when he's trying to change something in your life. Amen. Saints, I don't know everything that's going on in your life. But I do believe and know that God sends his saints and teachers to give you the word that you need. So my prayer is, is that you are receptive to it. Amen. This was not supposed to be anything that was beating you down. It's just something to really focus on. Because we can always find ourselves in this situation. The question is, is that what are we thinking? Then how is that making us feel? And then how do we react to it? Because ultimately that's going to determine if that buffer of peace is going to be around us. And we all need it. We all need it. We got to understand that the, the chaos can't stop us. Sometimes it's hard to see on top of that mountain when you're in that valley. It looks real steep from down there. You got cloud cover. No sun is shining. All you see is dark clouds. But understand, it can't stop you as long as you stay with God. There may be things coming towards you. There may be things, people talking about you. They may be saying certain things about you can't do it. That dream that God gave you, you can do it. But understand that your identity is in him. Nowhere else. Make sure that you're thinking and meditating on what God is calling you. Not what you're hearing from the external. Don't lose sight on those things. Because it's easy to get comfortable. And when you get comfortable, sometimes we go back to things that we shouldn't be in. So understand that the peace that you need, even though all the chaos is happening in your life, you don't need that comfort from that dead place. 
Stick in there with God. Allow him to speak to your heart. And then finally, it can be tough sometimes to hear some things that might need to be corrected when everything else is going wrong. But understand that it's for your good. We sung this morning in praise and worship, Oh, how he loves us. Do we understand that what he's trying to change is because of his love? And that's what we got to focus on. That the love he has for us, he's not bringing anything that we don't need. So don't struggle with God when he wants to change something in your life. Does anybody out there feel like this was for you? I'd like to pray with you if you feel like you fall into one of those categories. Um, so if you would just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord, for seeing right now, Father, Lord. Lord, that us standing as our acknowledgement, Lord, that we may be in one of these areas, Father, Lord. But we thank you, Father, Lord, that you've given us the wisdom, Lord, and the tools we need, Lord, to continue to go through whatever we're going through right now, Father, Lord. That no matter what chaos is coming, Father, Lord, no matter what chaos we just came out of, Father, Lord, and no matter what chaos may be on its way, Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord, that you have spoken to us, Lord. The safeguards, Lord, that we need to take, Father, Lord, so that we have that buffer of peace in our lives. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken, Father, Lord. But we can only get all three of those attributes from you. Lord, so we thank you, Lord, that you would see into our hearts, Lord, and let us meditate on that, Father, Lord. Lord, that so when we think, Lord, of all of the things that are happening, Lord, the first thing we'll think about, Lord, is what you are saying. Hallelujah, Lord. Not even the things, Lord, that we may be saying to ourselves. Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for touching our hearts tonight, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord, for this day, Father, Lord. It's a blessing to be in your house, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, that we will go through, Father, Lord. But we're going to go through with you, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. That you shall never leave us nor forsake us, Father. Lord, we glorify you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. 
or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.